Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie and I am still your host. In today's episode, I talk with Claire Etchell, who is the founder, CEO, all the things of Naked PR Girl, which is her agency, her blog, all of that. And it's really about the honesty behind PR. And that's kind of what we talk about pretty much throughout the whole episode, what goes into PR, what PR is, and just being honest at your job and what you do. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this one. But first, I do want to talk about my personal professional highlights for the week. So starting with professional, I feel like I've been talking a lot about my different jobs that I've been doing and all of that. And this week, I worked a ton of shifts at Orange Theory. I literally worked Monday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So definitely spent a lot of time there. But it's an environment that I'm happy to spend time in. I enjoy being with my coworkers. I enjoy the work I'm doing. I enjoy interacting with members. And to me, it's a way more positive environment than working at Bloomingdale's was. And I'm really fortunate that I'm able to do a job that I love so much and also learn valuable PR skills like sales and all of that while I'm still in between kind of gigs right now. On a personal note, I think I talked a lot about the Josh Bassett, Olivia Rodrigo drama a few weeks ago, but again, like Olivia Rodrigo released a new song this week called Good For You and it slaps. And then High School Musical, the musical, the series season two came out yesterday, just episode one. And I was watching it and honestly, they do not look as comfortable with each other as they did in season one. And it's, it's kind of crazy to watch. So definitely still invested in that drama still interested in it and still excited to see how it unfolds all that being said make sure you're following at touching pace underscore pr on instagram because i have lots of things coming and lots of things in the works and that's going to be where you're probably the first person to find out about it so go ahead and do that and then listen to the rest of this episode with claire claire can you go ahead and introduce yourself my name is Claire. I am the founder of Naked PR Girl, and my business is all about empowering business owners to tell their story in creative ways. Um, so I primarily work with entrepreneurs and mostly on Instagram these days with the power of video becoming more important every day. I love that. So I definitely want to continue to talk more about that in just a little bit, but we're going to start with the hot seat segment first. So the first question I want to know from you is, if you could have dinner with any person, dead or alive, who would it be? I see this was like the hardest question on, on the <laughs> list actually for me. Uh, so I obviously picked like a few because couldn't think. Um, I was thinking Brad Pitt mainly because um, I, I love uh, the film Fight Club for a start and I think he's amazing. So I'd love to talk to him about kind of the truth behind the headlines, I guess. He's, um, he's always making headlines one way or another. And the other one I kind of picked was Beyonce. And mainly because I just cannot work out how she's so talented. She's still like so young and she does get through an awful lot of stuff. And I love that documentary where she basically like um, almost like worked out and uh, worked on that. What, what performance was it now? That she'd done like eight, yeah, she'd done like eight like months of preparation mm-hmm. for this massive performance. And I just think her dedication and hard work, like you can tell all the time, can't you? So I'd love to chat to her about how she 
how she does it all really. Yeah. She's so very follow-up question. What is like one of your top questions that you would want to ask Beyonce? Oh my God. I'd like to know how she was so creative so early or so sure, like to put out the music they did, which was, you know, I think she's pretty much writing it from the, from the get-go. Like, was that a totally natural thing or, you know, was it, you know, parental persuasion? But I'm, you know, I think that she did, yeah, from her, from the get-go, she seems to have been extraordinarily talented. So I'd really like to know kind of where that came from in her. Um, Yeah, I really admire her. Yeah, I love that. I think that it's so interesting to kind of figure out exactly how people got their start and when they got their start. Because I feel like there's so many artists that, either like you start so young or you start when you're like way older. I feel like there's like not like an in-between kind of artist. So I love to know how people get their starts. Yeah, me too. I'm like yeah, fascinated by that, that story. Yeah, it's everyone's story, isn't it? I suppose it's like, that's the essence of it. What is your story? And yeah, mm-hmm. we see this amazing woman that's all confident to this day. Um, and I talk about this a lot with clients. Like we see often in the media, this finished article and you have to remember that everybody starts somewhere. And it's that process that I'm really interested in. And, and reminding people, even on Instagram, if you scroll back, there are some vintage filters in there and all the pictures used to look terrible. And now we've got really good at it. So everything looks great. But we all have this evolution in our lives and, and it's fine to start at the beginning. And that's what it's hard to know. Sometimes people are like, oh, but I should look this perfectly. And like, actually not, not, not start with like, let's go through it. Let's do, let's do the process. Let's get more confident. Ugh, old Instagram is something I never want to go back to. <laughs> I Borders. <laughs> think I made my Instagram account when I was 12 years old. It was like within the first year Instagram was out. And like I scroll back and it's like a mess. I literally have like a picture of just me and my best friends, like our shadows. And we're doing like peace signs on the ground. Classics. Absolute classic. Classics <laughs> of their time. Yeah, I call it, um, I have a name for it. I call it gridvolution, like evolution, but gridvolution, mm-hmm. like, and everyone has it and it's okay. Like, don't be embarrassed. So, but I think there's the people who are joining now, like they don't know about that. And it's like, it's fine to have that process and you don't just leap in and suddenly know how to edit a reel. It's not like that. Like, it does take time. And I think anyone coming new into the industry, just don't panic. Like, take it bit by bit. It's okay. I also think Instagram Reels is a very confusing, um, like, system. I was so used to creating content on TikTok, and I feel like making content on TikTok versus making content on Instagram Reels, like, the whole interface is different, and it confuses me so much. I think you're not alone with that one. I think, because I usually edit um, in software off the app, and then Mm -hmm. I put it in, um, because exactly like it's too confusing and there's also that fear that it's going to lose it halfway through doing something and I can't take that chance too much (laughs) yes definitely so my other question for you is if you had one free hour every day how would you want to use it this is interesting because um last um last year during lockdown probably about November time I think I started to join something called London Writers Hour and it is basically one hour every day. Actually, it's not called that at all. It's called London Writers Salon. And it's an hour every day, this writing hour. And we do it at 8 a.m. UK time, but they also run hours at different times of the day for different time zones. And the premise is that you all get together on Zoom. There's like 250 people and you all sit around and you can see each other writing. So it's like accountability. 
and we do it every weekday, eight till nine every day. And it's been amazing to like, like carve that time out for writing because it's something that I absolutely love. And yeah, it, it makes you more creative because you, you're not allowed to do anything else. You can't mm-hmm. go on Instagram, you can't faff about, you can't check your emails. So it's just having that specific time has been like a real game changer for me. It's really changed, yeah, changed my attitude to things. That accountability factor is so important. I think even like I graduated college in December, but back in September, October, when I couldn't like be in the library with my friends, we'd all hop on a Zoom call and just have our camera, like our cameras would be on, but we'd be like on mute and we'd just like get our work done together. That way, if you dilly dallied and you started getting on your phone, someone else would be like, Jamie, off your phone. There is something really about it, isn't there? Just, yeah, having to check in with somebody or, you know, any kind of routine where you, you're, yeah, accountable, is, it's, it, it gets things done. I think that's like the highlight of it is you will get more done if you're accountable and, and if you have structure to your life. And it's really hard because there's been a whole year of not much structure and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uncertainty. So, yeah, just having something to pin your day down is really helpful. Yeah. So now moving more into the questions that everyone wants to know from you um there's so much I want to talk about but first I'm dying to know why the name why naked PR girl okay so naked PR girl was born out of a brainstorming session I um I had been wanting to write a blog for a while and I sort of flirted with the idea of of just literally doing writing about the industry And it was really all about trying to explain things to other people. I've always really wanted to let people understand that it's a creative industry. There's a lot going on. Um, We put a lot of effort into things. Things don't just jump into magazines or onto TV. You know, it's generally part of a big campaign and people have worked for months and months and months. Like, for example, Christmas, every time Christmas comes around and they're like, oh, you know, John Lewis's Christmas ad is brilliant. And I'm like, they've been working on that for probably about two years because it's just you know how much goes into it Mm -hmm. but normal people don't and so I kind of wanted to really shout out people in the industry and yeah just talk about the great things that that happen and um a friend of mine did a big brainstorming session with me she's a creative director of an agency it's very lucky we did it over wine though which is always crucial Mm -hmm. and um it was all it turned out I was she was like oh is it important to talk about PR and I'm like yeah not so much and then it turned out during the brainstorm we're like oh yeah PR is really important okay so PR is gonna be in the name and the whole thing about my rant is about honesty and obviously every PR should be honest that's really important um but I really like to get to kind of like I do I like to do things as simply and as fast as possible and no fluff and no messing about and I have this thing I work with lots of clients and anybody who kind of says to us shall we just like hop on a massive call we're like God, like, can we just like, you know, these are things we're going to do, like, let's just get on with it. And not that there's anything wrong with having loads of calls and stuff, but we really like to, you know, I like to take down the layers of admin, make things super simple, use tools, you know, use on, you know, cloud-based, you know, try and do everything you can to make it as simple as possible because fluff and admin just slows everything down. So, um, so Naked is really all about honesty and um and yeah keeping things super super simple and and easy I love that I love that you mentioned how PR is all about honesty because I think that something that I feel like so many times people confuse PR with marketing um and I feel like PR when it comes down to it is that like nitty-gritty like 
we're going to be honest and then people are going to talk about it. Whereas marketing, you can kind of add the fluff, make sure people like really would like to buy whatever you're selling. But PR is like strict. It's like the nitty gritty. Totally. I think, yeah, we have a, we have a big job. Like I think sometimes like PR is like the conscience of, of an, of a company or of a, you know, we're often the ones that have to go in and say, well, um, maybe you need to consider X, Y, and Z and how it's going to look to these people. And we're not always the most popular for doing that. Um, but it's essential. It's really essential that we're there to bring that balance and, and to keep everyone forward thinking as well. I think there's so many um, topics that, you know, come out of the you know, last five years, whether that's sustainability, um, you know, you know, we need to be on the front of these things and really bringing them up with companies. So it, it's a, it is a big responsibility sometimes for, for PRs and to have good work shouted out, which was my whole aim, um, I think is quite important too. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to back it up to pre-naked PR girl. Can you tell me a little bit about where you went to school and what you got your degree in? Okay. So I'm originally from um, Yorkshire and I went to university in Leicester, the University of Leicester, and I studied English, which was language and literature. So that's kind of everything from old English, Beowulf, uh, to, to present day, really. I mean, I actually did my dis- dissertation on Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think the fourth book had come out by then, and I convinced them to let me. Uh, it wasn't as big then as it is now. Um, so, yeah, so I had yeah, great, um, great ed- education, so to speak. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something to do with writing. I thought I wanted to be a journalist at the time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what, why I kind of picked English. It was the thing I was best at, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't an enormous amount of thought went into it, but I'm, I'm really glad I did it. Yeah, I was also an English major. Um, and... I loved studying English because I think it's such like, oh, you feel like you learn so many different things because you can take classes just focused on writing, but then you also have classes focused on literature and all of that. I actually took a class called The End of the World, where we read um, British literature from the 1900, from I think it was the 1800s about the different apocalypses that might occur in the world. Um, so that one was really interesting but what do you think was kind of like your favorite class that you took as an English major um I always loved anything to do with Shakespeare that's always been like I I, and also the thing with Shakespeare is that when you go and watch Shakespeare as a play it gets a whole new meaning so I've always really loved that you can read it and be like okay I get it and then you go and watch it and you're like oh now I get it I've always like loved the um, that power of language there is amazing. And I also really enjoyed um, anything kind of um, m- more modern. We did quite a lot of very challenging texts at, at the time. Um, and I quite enjoyed those because I really enjoy thinking in a different way, putting yourself in different shoes. Um, so it's quite varied, really, like everything from I mean, Beowulf was not my favorite. Like I did not that I didn't love Beowulf but I've struggled more with the old English because we were translating text. And um, that was probably where I was like, I just don't know if I'm very good at Beowulf. <laughs> so yeah, that was probably like my least favorite. And yeah, and my, my most favorite was probably Shakespeare. When I studied Beowulf, someone in my class raised his hand and he was like, honestly, Beowulf to me feels like a 13 year old writing fan fiction on the internet. <laughs> Oh my god that's the most accurate thing I think and I've then ever heard. so many people in my class laughed and he goes those people they know what I'm talking about they get it 
It is really like that, isn't it? I, I, there were points where I, yeah, just there was a lot of old English and middle English and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's it's quite it's interesting when you study something that you you're not that good at because you kind of learn an awful lot about yourself again. You have to almost start from from scratch with it, don't you? It's a it's a definitely a challenge. Yeah, Beowulf definitely the language of it is very difficult. I think, and I think that like I had my midterm for the class and something that he had to us to do was he included different passages from different things that we had read and we had to identify like what they came from and when I was going into that exam I was like all right so anything that doesn't make sense that's Beowulf my god I love that that's like that's a clever way of doing it actually because yeah it would be probably the same (laughs) like if it doesn't make sense it's Beowulf exactly so (laughs) when you were in school did you do any internships or did you have any jobs that prepared you for working in PR Uh, so I actually did a few because I was thinking about this I did um I was the features editor at my university newspaper uh co-editor there and I had a regular column which was called uh Bridget Moans which was based on uh Bridget Jones the book so I kind of forget it a bit of a spin-off of mm-hmm. that. Uh, so I did that for like, I think it was our final year or maybe two years. I can't remember now exactly. But yeah, I love love doing that. And then I also did an internship at my local newspaper in, in Yorkshire, which um, I realized it probably wasn't for me exactly being a journalist. I, they They sent me on lots of different jobs. But one particular one was they sent me to interview a dog. And this dog had um, had a beer named after it. I, I um, you know, I don't know why this beer was named after mm-hmm. him, but this beer. And um, and I was like, I am good at many things, but I don't know how to interview a dog. <laughs> it was one of those like lighthearted pieces, and I was like, I just don't know if I'm I'm on the wrong side of the story. Um, so I did some work experience also at a PR PR agency, and the PR agency was in Leeds, and one of their big clients was a furniture company and they were trying to get people predominantly they were trying to get people to their store openings so store openings of a furniture company and my job was more or less to cold call uh, local businesses and try and get them to go along and god that was hard work like having to cold call like I think that is quite a hard sell it's mm-hmm. a hard brief and by the end of the day I'd got quite good at it because I'd learned the little tricks to like get through um but god yeah it was like a baptism of fire that one that was quite quite tough but uh, I think I realized that I was probably more suited to the PR side than the journalist side and so when I eventually graduated I got a job for a um, women's footwear company and started doing the PR there cold calling is definitely like I feel like such a challenge but I feel like it's such an important skill that people need to have because I know I used to be so uncomfortable on the phone I remember at my first PR internship my boss was like hello can you pick up the phone and like call this company for a pitch and I was like okay and I'm like I have the phone up I'm like dialing the number and I'm literally like shaking and she looks at me and she goes hang up the phone you're too nervous (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 a terrifying thing and probably people don't have to do it actually as much anymore because we didn't really have um the benefit of probably as much social media then mm-hmm. there's many 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 better ways to contact somebody or even to do your research on a journalist before you even have to call them so at least you know a little bit of you know you can tell a little bit about them from things you find on the internet before you even steam in but 
yeah, back then, in, you know, in the old days, um, it is a re- it's a really tough gig. And and once you once you've kind of done it a bit, like you do feel a lot better about it. I think you learn you learn a lot from it. You learn how to sell. Like learning how to sell is a big part of of any job, really. Like we you know we all all are kind of salespeople, but especially in PR when you've really got to package up that pitch and sell it in and um yeah you ha- don't often have a very long time to do it either so you've got to get really good <laughs> yeah and that's like for me I'm taking a semester off between um my college graduation and then I'm going to grad school in the fall so I'm like taking this semester off and I was trying to think of how am I still going to continue advancing my resume like where can I work what can I do so I actually just started working in sales at my gym so now every day I sit there and I have to pick up the phone and like cold call people to come into the gym. And I remember um, the first call I made, everyone always told me like, it's going to go to voicemail. Like no one's going to answer. Like you're just going to be leaving voicemails. First call I made, the person picked up and I was like, oh no. (laughs) So I'm like, hey, like, have you heard about our gym? Like, what do you know about us? And then I have to be responsible for giving like our 30 second pitch. And I was supposed to have that memorized and I got so nervous (laughs) and I got so flustered that we have it printed out on our desk, but it's only on one side of the desk. So my manager was on the other side of the desk and he like ripped off the 30 second pitch off the tape desk and like threw it at me on the phone. (laughs) It's definitely something so scary, but now it's like, I can pick up the phone and I'm like, hello, like, let's get you in. Let's do it. It is, it is scary. And there's a lot of things, I suppose, in, in PR where you do get flustered and it's like, we're all going to do, we're all going to do things wrong. We're all going to do not have the right things in order or whatever it is and it's like then learning how not like how to deal with it isn't it I think that's like it happens all the time you know lives go wrong or whatever like things go wrong all the time it's then like yeah trying to learn how to style it out shall we say my favorite thing about like when you've mentioned lives going wrong um I remember two years ago Taylor Swift went live on Instagram and she was ending her live And at the end of the live, you could hear her um, PR gal. She's like, make sure to save the live, make sure to save the live. And then um, I think Taylor accidentally like did not save it. (laughs) Um, And Instagram, the app went down for like two hours after that. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And now she has the live. That's so, I mean, honestly, I spend most of my life being like, save a life, save, but that's, I suppose that's the job of the PR, isn't it? Like you're in the background, mainly unheard. (laughs) And like, you know, just trying to get people to do things in the right order to get the best out of themselves, I guess. And that's, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, yeah, being in the background going, save a life, save a life. Yeah. And Taylor doesn't save a life. No, (laughs) but then Instagram went down for two hours. I was like, to have the power to get Instagram to go down for you, like that's unreal. That is the power, isn't it? Actually, she'd be a great person to go to dinner with. Ask her how how it feels to have all that power. (laughs) Right? She's, uh, I feel like she's going to own the world one day. Uh, Yeah, prime minister, uh, prime minister, (laughs) president even, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so now walk me out of getting your college degree to then eventually starting naked PR girl what was in between what did you do how did that come to be Uh, so I was so I started in a small um footwear brand um basically just realized that um we could send shoes to magazines and they would put them in and they would sell more so that was kind of the process there and my um my manager at the time sent me on a two-day PR course and I went on this course and I just thought, oh, 
this is it. This is it. This is it. This is the thing I can do. I like this. I, I feel comfortable here. Um, it just gave me a whole new lease of life. And um, I went then to a bigger company called Mammals and Papas, which is a, a global nursery brand. And there I was doing like such fun things. I was sending, you know, um, products to uh, celebrities. You know, it was like Jessica Alba or Holly Willoughby in the UK. Like it was, it was a properly mm-hmm. exciting job. Like every day was like oh, fun. Um, and it was a lovely industry as well. Nursery industry is a, a lovely, happy industry to be in because it's all about babies. And then I moved to a designer denim brand called Donna Ida, um, which is when I moved to London. And I've actually been working with Donna now for 10 years. So she I was in-house and now she's uh, a client. Uh, so yeah, she's a brilliant person. She's somebody I really admire. She's um, an entrepreneur completely. She's set up her own denim brand and um, it's doing super well jumpsuits and uh, high-waisted denim for very amazing fashionable women and um, and yeah working with her as an entrepreneur as a personality behind the brand was where I started to really see my love of working with with people not just products so before Mm -hmm. that was mainly product based and then this was like oh humans are much more fun so working with her to push that business and now I work with her husband who is president of the restaurant association and um, it's just amazing to see people grow and you know and video has been such an amazing thing um to work with because it really shows their passion but I suppose yeah the connecting thing there is I was I've always kind of I was working with Donna for 10 years but at some point within that I went freelance and that was mainly because um you know we were in a I was in a business and I was kind of doing a lot of other things other than PR marketing and I just wanted to do the PR and marketing like well just PR all the time I just wanted to do that day in day out so that's when I decided to kind of leave that position and sort of my own personal growth as well you know I wanted to um try and get even better at doing my job and um that's when I started to take different clients on rather than just being in-house so that's kind of how it came to came to be yeah so now kind of walk me through like the first steps of starting your freelance career how are you finding clients how are you doing all of that what does the beginning stages look like uh it's such an interesting topic isn't it I actually wrote an entire blog just on this because I was like I the things that people don't tell you is well no one tells you anything like you just feel like you're just poking around in the dark um so things like I would say to people get as ready and started as you can before you leave because as soon as you leave a a, you know position and you've gone on your own you will suddenly miss the money because that regular wage coming in is a godsend and suddenly you're like oh right I need to get clients so as you say like getting clients is quite a hard thing especially when you're you're brand new I think it took me about three to six months to really kind of get going and most of that to be honest was word of mouth like as much as a a website is an amazing asset to have and you need that you'll be surprised where the clients come from. It's generally like I've always found it to be word of mouth or people I'm connected with on LinkedIn. It always seems to come back to like this sort of circle. So as much networking as you can do when you're in a job as possible, as much money as you can save up when you're in a job as possible and um, get as many things set up as possible. So that means getting your website ready to go, getting your social media handles all sorted, making sure you've got some content ready to go out. Um, do anything that costs any money if you need to buy a, f- a new phone get a new phone while you've got an income um, buy a camera if you need one but whatever it is that you're going to need to have this business don't wait until you've started it because that's when you're at your kind of like you're fighting at that point you're going to be fighting for like 
survival a little bit you'll be you know having more competition so try and do try and get yourself in a really good space before you even leave um and that'd be my top advice also do things that are really boring like get accountants get financial advisors get insurance all those things that you don't want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> get your business bank accounts make sure you're saving for your tax all those really dull things that no one wants to do ever and even if it means like you know you know it's almost like outsourcing like if you're really terrible at doing your own invoices and accounting like get someone in to do it for you you know don't don't make a mess of it because it's all quite important so I think just getting yourself really ready for that transition um and it, it does come like you have to knock on a lot of doors you have to be resilient but it does come it's not it, you know it does happen and it can happen and it happens all the time so if it's your big dream to do that to go and go alone alone you can totally do it and also don't forget the clients you've had before like just because you've left like for example with Donna just because I left full-time didn't mean that I couldn't still be working with her it was just going to look different so don't be don't be afraid to say I'm leaving but um, because you'd be surprised what good things come out and if Mm -hmm. people know that you're good at your job they want to keep you they want to keep you around so so that would be my advice. Yeah, I think that it is such a weird transition to make because you know the PR skills that you have, you know that you're comfortable in that area, but then there is that whole other business side of it, finances, accountants, insurance, all of that, like you mentioned. So do you think you did anything that like prepared you for that business side of it? Or was it kind of just learning as you went? Uh, I did absolutely nothing to prepare me. Like that is why I know what to do um and not because I didn't it just it just happened kind of all at once I actually the only thing I did do sorry I tell a lie the thing I did do to prepare myself was have a website I had a working website because I was already blogging so it wasn't a professional portfolio website which it kind of is now it was a very rough and ready website but it existed and I also had branding because of that exact reason I'd done the blog. So I'd got branding, I'd got colors, I'd got a logo, I'd got the domain name, I'd got the uh, email addresses. So I had quite a lot of building blocks to the brand in there. I had the social media handles and I'd also got some professional photography. Like you've no idea how much you need professional photography until you go go out on your own because if second somebody asks you for a headshot or something, you're like, oh, can't just use an Instagram picture you know, it has to be professional. So there are certain things that I did have in place that weren't particularly the most businessy of them, but I did have some things in place. And I'm pleased I did because I think it would have been quite hard to just come up with that overnight. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wish I'd probably, one, probably saved up a little bit more before I did it. Um, just because you never know. I think the more like cushioning you have, what do I call it? Like the more you've got in the bank, the less stressed you're going to be about, um, you know, kind of finding those first clients and you make a lot more better decisions kind of if you're the, the more solid and, and secure you are, the happier you'll be. Mm-hmm. So now tell me kind of what a day to day may look like for you. I know that PR, like everything is so different from day to day. So what are some of like your normal responsibilities? Uh, so I would say I it does really vary, as you say. Um, I think the one thread that really pulls everything together is, is content and storytelling and writing, really. So one way or another, I'm usually telling a story somehow. Um, it does vary, though. I, you know, on Friday, for example, I was at a photo shoot with clients. 
So I was on site there. I was doing behind the scenes. Um, so I, you know, I was with the photographer and videographers. So there's a lot of kind of organization around that. Um, but yesterday I was working on a press release that went out to the media. And then, so I was working on that selling. So that's like a completely different day. Today I've been catching up with more admin stuff. So this is like, you know, where all the videos are coming in. I'm checking it all and sending it back out again, working with my team um, to sort all of those out. And then there are times when it is not COVID times where I'll be on site doing events. So this could be anything from um, support doing the marketing team for um, a small event of like 15 people maybe, or it could be a 350 people event at the Savoy um, that I'm doing the PR marketing for, which is me running around pretty much with like, you know, my phone stressing out, trying to find everybody and make sure everyone's in the right places. So the, ver the variety is really nice because it does, you know, if, think if every day was an event, you'd probably go insane. Mm -hmm. um, so it is nice that it's, it's varied. Uh, it, you do get a lot of creativity with it. So it's quite nice. So out of all of the things you do, what do you think is like your favorite part about working in PR? My favorite part is creating content and seeing the results. I think the particularly when it's so fast moving. So the creativity that maybe goes into the reels or the IGTVs um, and seeing how people connect to those. So even if like you would consider it like quite a basic IGTV where someone's just talking to camera, the results you can get from those, like, you know, when you can check your numbers every, every Monday, you see the, the sales the brands have made and you can see the difference it's made. I think that's always quite heartwarming for a PR. Like I think back in the day, that's I would have been my most excited about a, like a double page spread in a magazine that would have made my heart absolutely sing. But it just doesn't really happen anymore. The changes in the media and so much of it now is is advertising led. Um, so it does still happen, but it's just not as 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 frequent. And so now I think the equivalent to that for me is seeing like you know video do super well or a piece of content that really connects and then you know results in sales I think that's probably where like I just get so excited for, for my clients really like it's it's lovely to see them grow and change and and how their businesses are evolving too yeah so kind of on the contrary of that question what do you think is like your not so favorite part of your job um I would say I still have not been able to escape admin and that's basically just because there is so much of it with content I think video you know clips and you know moving things about uploading things here and there you know uploading things to be edited uploading things to be posted um no matter how like hard I try and I do try quite hard to streamline things but there's still quite a lot of heavy like moving something from A to B and um, that goes on I you know one day I think we will be able to eliminate it entirely because we'll just upload it straight away to somewhere and it'll but that's still a bit of a work in progress I think for me mm-hmm so now I always like to ask people if there's anything specific that they would recommend someone does in college or advice that you would offer someone, but I kind of want to rephrase it more as a business owner. If you were looking to hire someone for your team, what skills would you be looking for that person to have? Yeah, definitely a good grasp of uh, storytelling. And that could be uh, incredible writing. It could be how they've cleverly edited TikTok or real, like it could be something like that. Um, but being able to tell a story, even if you're telling stories on your Instagram stories and it's just the short clips, being able to hold an audience and, and, and grow an audience or have them interact with you, engage with you, 
that's pretty much the holy grail and I think anybody that you know you can demonstrate that whether you've got you know 200 followers or uh, 2 million followers because it's all about the engagement of the people that you're you know in your sphere Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that's the kind of skills I'd be looking for like mainly that and and also I suppose the creativity and and being able to try new things I think that that's you know we all have to try new like nothing is standing still anymore I don't think you know we didn't even have Instagram like 15 years ago and now look at it so I think if we're not happy to keep continually learning finding new things out we want to be stuck in the past we are gonna find ourselves sort of um eroded because we just won't be necessary anymore it's like evolution isn't it I suppose so yeah lots of you know learning about new things keep yourself really up to date and um and do like work on that storytelling I mean we all work on storytelling all the time I work on it all the time I'm always trying to find the best way to do it like even my stories like I check my Instagram stories and see where you know people are dropping off and I try and do better next time so I think there's always places to keep learning Mm -hmm. so kind of going off of that one a little bit this question's kind of more of an opinion question but for you what do you think is more important that someone has do you think it's more important that they're really passionate about PR and they want to work in PR or that they're more experienced and they have more of the skill set to work in PR? Um, passion is always like important. If you think about your, your why, um, like passion to do anything is really, like you can't get out of bed without wanting to kind of do something exciting. And I think I did think a lot about my, my why over the years. It's been um, finding why you want to do something. For, my, for me, my why has always been to, I want to teach people how to do PR I think um but I guess like the skills essentially like that's that's what we train up for really and we might be able the thing is with the skills like you can apply them to lots of different things so over the years PR has changed an awful lot and what PR means and how it's applied but the like crux of it is still like the this content the storytelling um you know that why is always that like at the heart of it and it just the only thing that changes is the application over the years I think so whether it's like that you know double page spread we were trying to get in the magazine or whether it's now to trying to like get an audience to interact with a piece of content Mm -hmm. like we're still it's still the same skills we're just kind of applying them in different ways yeah so I have two more questions for you so the first one is why should someone hire naked PR girl to do their PR? What separates you from others and what makes you unique? So I did, I literally did Seth Godin's um, marketing seminar course to try and find out exactly, because I got really stuck for a long time in uh, worrying about being an old school PR and doing traditional media and what happens if like they're, all the magazines are shutting down, like what happens then? Um, so I think it took me a really long time to realize that the place I sit in my sphere my my people is that I love like modern marketing I love like you know trying out new things finding the new angles um and working with clients to really find their their why so it's really it's I'm looking for entrepreneurs who have that like fire in them that just might need that extra bit of confidence or someone to push them or someone to come up with good ideas and to work with them and I think I just bring like the honesty. I'll make everything as straightforward as possible. Like I don't like, you know, making things extra fluffy. So people who are really kind of 
go-getters that don't have a lot of time to be doing the PR marketing, but maybe they want to film one piece of content and then let me do all the hard work for them. Um, that's kind of the idea. So I, I like my, the difference of working with me is like, it's so super straightforward. I'll be super honest and we'll make sure that they're going to sell and have a great time. Mm-hmm. So now my final question for you is, Think about your whole path, being an English major, doing internships in PR, journalism, all of that to having your own business. Is there anything about your path that you would change or do differently? Uh, The thing I would change and do differently would be that a couple of, well, um, I got an inkling about Instagram that it was going to be a big thing in my uh, in the fashion and lifestyle world that I predominantly work in uh, quite early on but every bit of research I kept doing about it because I was like right I'm just going to focus on Instagram and I'm just gonna you know this is going to be the thing um, every bit of research I did would always come back to being that PR was like as you know in general more important and you know that was what people wanted to pay for and that was like the thing so I kept going around in a big loop and then uh, ending up just sort of sticking to my old school PR. And like I was saying earlier, it took that Seth Godin course to really make me realize that I was quite uncomfortable still being in the old school and I wanted to move ahead. So I think if I could change anything, it would probably be to go with my gut instinct on that a little bit earlier, because mm-hmm. I think um, I think I'm, I mean, I'm not unhappy with where I am now, um, but I think I might have been uh, slightly ahead of ahead of myself now if um, I had and the other thing I would probably actually say uh, which I wasn't going to mention but I've just thought of was um when I turned 30 I realized that I just wasn't um that confident in my job that I was doing at the time which was um, being full-time with Donna Ryder the denim brand and um I'd got to a point where I was like I c- couldn't even really go and like present to the board without having a full-on nervous breakdown about worrying about it and having anxiety about it and uh, it was just all getting too much for me so when I around that time I decided to go and see a life coach and that is what changed the direction of everything I was doing that is a huge part of why I went freelance because I finally got the confidence Mm -hmm. together Um, and I started you know putting myself more on video and being more out there and um, and you know basically confidence is like the whole thing so I would say um I kind of wish I had done that like earlier but I mean you don't know until you know so much of what we do all stems from confidence I feel like you really can't get anywhere without confidence even going back to when we were talking at the beginning about Beyonce and Brad Pitt and Mm. talking about Taylor Swift later on like all of those people are who they are because they were confident enough to make it work for them so true it's so true and I think that's yeah down to what I was saying probably about uh, my clients is that's what I'm trying to bring to them is like you know and if you do things little by little as well like if you know if you're only confident enough to put a story up on Instagram talking to camera but you can build on that and then eventually you're doing IGTVs and reels and you know it's putting yourself out there bit at a time and and you can do it like I'm there to tell you you can do it and people really buy from people that respond to people they want to see your face so small brands especially can really benefit from being like, hey, I'm here. This is why I started this business. And 
yeah, I really, be- I really believe in it. I believe in the power of personal branding and, and that's what I try to, to evolve my clients to. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Claire, for coming on and talking to me about your journey, your story and sharing all your little tips and tricks. It was so great having you on the show and listening to your experiences. Thank you. It's been great to be here. Thank you.